Hey all, this is the Flip-Flop Experience Podcast. I'm your host, Leah Thrapp, an entrepreneur who turned my love of travel into a career. Travel is not just a hobby, it's a way of life. Making it happen can be tough. I'm here to offer practical advice to make travel more achievable. This isn't just about my journey, it's about inspiring you to pursue adventure and explore the world on your terms. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Flip Flop Experience. I am your co-host, Marla Watson, here with the adventurous herself. Hey, Leah. Hey, Marla. What's up? Nothing much. We're waiting to see if any storms are rolling in. I think they are. Finally, we got our first rain, or at least my first rain in three months yesterday. Yes, we're thankful for that. It's really cool. Well, speaking of storms, we have a force to be reckoned with it with us in the studio today, huh? We do. We have a whirlwind woman herself, Chelsea Burnett, in the studio with Texas Storm Chasers. Welcome, Chelsea. Hi there. Hey, Chelsea. We're so glad to have you here. Thank you. You live a charmed life. You get to chase tornadoes and storms. I don't know if I would call it charmed, but it's definitely interesting. Not boring, right? Not boring. <laughs> Never. Well, I don't know. It depends on what part of the storm chasing you're talking about. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. If you're in the waiting period, it might be boring. Yes. Or the last three months in Dallas. Yes. <laughs> well, it's, have you been bored the last few months? Yes, until this week. <laughs> you're like, yes, yes, this is so cool. Yeah. That's awesome. How do you and Leah know each other? We met through a group local here in the Frisco area in 2016. It's a moms and business group that get together for lunch once a month. And so I thought at the time when I was working for a different company, I said, you know what, let me try to plug myself into this group and meet new ladies and just see what it's all about. And I've made some pretty long lasting friendships, including with Leah. She's pretty pretty awesome. awesome. (laughs) (laughs) We owe each other a Coke. We do. Yeah, that group was really cool. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure everybody's noticed by now, I love to support female entrepreneurs. So we made some really great connections. And so many of those women's businesses were really just built because of that group. They grew because of the support of the other women. You are such a connector of people, Leah. I love that so much about you. And, you know, usually we talk about travel. So this is something really cool, kind of a segue for us to talk about storms and all of that. How did you get into storm chasing? That is a very common question I get. And I grew up in Oklahoma. So first and foremost, Growing up in Oklahoma, you're just prone to severe weather every year, sometimes several times a year. And I was in central Oklahoma during one of the worst outbreaks of tornadoes, and that was May 3rd, 1999 in Moore, Oklahoma. So being in middle school, that was like a landmark time in my life to be experiencing that while discovering my interest for weather. So it just kicked it into high gear. That is amazing. So born of storms, being in storms made you curious and how you could make it easier for people to know what's coming. Is that what you were thinking? Yes, that and just trying to understand the weather more. And also, I had probably seen Twister 200 times at that point in my life. So I was just I was like, well, they're doing it on TV. So I guess you can do it in real life. So were you um, scared and seeking to understand it more? Or were you just fascinated by it? Very fascinated with weather. Both my parents have told me um, at the age of two or three, I was staring out the window, staring out the door at the storms as they rolled through. I did not scared of storms. In fact, I would wake up in the middle of the night and watch them out my window mm-hmm. and, of course, get in trouble because it was the middle of the night. I should be asleep. <laughs> so, no, I was very, very obsessed with the weather. That is so cool. So I know that storm chasing doesn't necessarily have to have a meteorological degree, but, you know, how does someone get into storm chasing? 
So yes, the original thought process is you must obtain a degree in meteorology, which I did try to do. I went to the University of Oklahoma, but the math, let me tell you, the math is absolutely horrendous. If you don't have a strong hold on math, you can get lost in it pretty quickly, which is what happened to me. So I backed out of it after only a couple of years into the program and ended up with a degree in business from UNT, which actually has served me better in real life. That is really cool. And I got to say, it does intimidate you. There was a time in life when I wanted, honestly, I wanted to be an astronaut. And math was the thing that kept me from being able to do it. And math was not my forte. But I still am a space explorer in the, the things I watch, the things I get excited about. So I know that going from there, was it hard for you that you didn't get the degree? It was tough. That's kind of how I transitioned to moving here to Texas because my family members here in Dallas could tell that I was struggling in Oklahoma because I only had a plan A. I I didn't have a plan B or C. So when plan A fell apart, I was just kind of meandering for about a year afterwards, not sure what to do next. So family members here said, hey, move to Texas, get your feet on the ground here and see what new opportunities you can find. And that is actually how I came to meet the owner of Texas Storm Chasers is by attending a weather conference locally just a year after that. And so much has happened since then. You were hooked. I was hooked. Yes, I found a (laughs) tribe of people like, wow, they like storms just like I do. This is amazing. That's so fun because I know Chelsea and I originally really connected personally over our love for travel Mm -hmm. and food. And I think that was really before she was doing a lot of storm chasing. And so we we had those things in common. And so it was fun to watch her like find that niche. And then she blended all these things together. And now she's living her best life, which I love to see women do. I do love that so much. Plus, it's very cool to see a girl, a female going after a storm. And so you go to this conference, you get to know the owner. And did you chase him like a groupie and be like, can I go with you? Can I go with you? Can I go with you? You That kind of thing. Kind of. Yeah. Um, And they were nice enough to say, hey, you want to come along in storm chase? And so my very first storm chase was April of 2011. And we did not see tornadoes that day. It was in Gainesville. But I saw my first wall cloud. And that was such a huge deal to me. I had David, that's the name of the owner, take a picture of me standing underneath the wall cloud. I was like, this is monumental. It's my first wall cloud you know so since then we've all just hung out and storm chased and we've just created this large group of people who have different perspectives on what they like about chasing weather but they have their own individual attributes that make up their group which is where public speaking comes in for me so question how do you translate what you've chased down how do you translate that to get the information back to us how does that work the national weather service is an entity across the U.S. They have offices in every state, and they are the ones that issue the watches and warnings that you all get on your phones and that the meteorologists will put out on TV and the like. They only see what's on the radar, on their computers. They Mm -hmm. don't really have an eye to the sky, and that's where storm chasers come in. So storm chasers are able to say, yep, that is a wall cloud. You're seeing a hook echo on radar. We do see that wall cloud. We see a funnel. We see a tornado. And that is how they are able to issue those warnings faster for the public because we have eyes on the ground and we can actually see what's happening in the sky. That is really interesting. So a network of people, do you cover a certain area for that team or is it just where you are at the time? Starting out, Texas Storm Chasers, you know, and it still does focus on Texas, but we certainly do branch out and chase wherever the storms might be, especially over the summer when it's hot and dry here. We go up north to the high plains and chase 
really cool storms in Montana, Wyoming, North Dakota, all of those places. Yeah, and I know yes. that Chelsea sometimes you set aside vacation time and then just mm-hmm. go where the storms are supposed to be, right? We do. It's called a chasecation. So oh. <laughs> us really obsessed. I love this. <laughs> us really obsessed weather people. We do a chasecation where it's basically a vacation, but we don't know where we're going really. We just know what dates, and we try to look at the pattern a couple months ahead of time and see. Uh, but we have a general idea a couple weeks out. And then the week of, we just take it day by day and we watch the Storm Prediction Center website to see what their outlooks are, where they think storms will happen. And we'll look at the forecast for ourselves and analyze everything and make our decisions and just chase where we can. And we do that for about seven to 10 days. That is so cool. (laughs) So you can make anything an adventure. Exactly. (laughs) You really can. That's, That's really neat. Okay. So let's say you're on a regular vacation. Do you find yourself like, let's say you were in Hawaii or wherever, and you see this pattern coming in, you're like, I know we were going to go to this restaurant, but we got to go chase that first. Yes. I have one of those moments. We snagged a really great deal in 2017 to go to the U.S. Virgin Islands in 2018. Delta had an oopsie airfare. Oh, yeah. I remember when you did that. 80 bucks round trip to go to St. Croix. So we jumped on that. It was only a 48-hour trip. So it was like a Thursday to a Saturday. But that was okay with us. We enjoyed 48 hours of beaches. And we were kind of sad to be leaving. So on the drive to the airport... Adam, my spouse, who's also a storm chaser, he looks out the window of the car. He goes, hold on, stop, 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 pull over. And we're like, what, what, what? And we look and out the window, we see a water spout. We were like, oh, that was my first one. I mean, I've seen plenty of tornadoes, but not a water spout. But I just thought that was a very cool way to end the trip because it was such a great trip. And it was like, man, I want to be leaving. But then weather said, hold my beer. Here's a water spout for you. (laughs) Awesome. So, yeah, it was awesome. I love it. (laughs) <laughs> so fun. Can you tell Lee and I are so into yeah. each other? It's like, I love it. Jeez. I love it. <laughs> how many trips would you say you take a year in Storm Chase? Oh, Lordy. It depends on how active the seasons are, but I would say on average five to eight trips. And we'd travel all over the United States depending on our schedules and budgets and such. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. We how many people are usually with you when you guys do that? Is it just you and Adam or is it like a group? That's a great question. Storm Chasing, you never want to chase alone. So chasing with someone else who can help navigate you know, watch trends and all that stuff while you pay attention to the roads. A good idea. Usually it's Adam and I, but especially in the last couple of years with gas prices, we've all tried to pile in as many people as possible <laughs> so we can split the difference and share rooms and such. So it just depends on where we're going, if we're going overnight, if it's just a quick trip out to the panhandle and back. So many factors. But yes, we do try to chase with other chasers. Yeah, I think we talked about a little that that's a definitely different way than most people travel where you wake up in the morning and you don't know where you're sleeping that night so you have to figure out out as you go and so i asked you where where do you like to book hotels how do you find somewhere to sleep at night i look at hotels.com or a couple of other apps we have some budget hack type apps and you can get like a percentage back depending on what website you use if you go through the app so it just depends like booking.com hotels tonight hotels.com that kind of thing and whatever just gives us the best deal where we're at yeah i'm a huge fan of the hotel tonight app i use that a lot whenever we do road trips because sometimes you leave and you're like how far am i going to feel like driving when am i going to be tired of it and so i love 
the hotel tonight app. You can only book for one night, either that night or the next day is the furthest out you can book, but you get really great deals Mm -hmm. on hotels and it makes it feel safe that you don't have to decide because you can literally book and be at the hotel 10 minutes from now and they have your reservation. It makes it really easy and it makes a spontaneous trip seamless sometimes. Exactly. I've never heard of this app. Oh my gosh, it's my favorite. Like I'm sitting here going... I need this right now. Uh-huh. I need this in my life. Okay. Yeah, we use it a lot. Or also, we use it a lot whenever if you get stuck, like say your flight gets canceled, and you need oh, a that's great. you need a hotel, things like that. There was one time we we're sitting at DFW, and like by the time we get the whole family to DFW with their luggage, we don't want to drive back to Frisco, just come back first thing in the morning. So when they canceled our flight, Justin had his finger on the button, and it was like the double tree at the airport with a free shuttle, and we got like the last room. They came, picked us up, took us there. We spent the night, had breakfast, came back in the morning, caught our flight instead of going all the way back home, and you unpack your suitcase, which is so annoying once you finally get out the door for a trip. And so we've used it many times during travel snafus like canceled flights or weather issues or things like that. I'm going to look it up after this show. We're going to put the link in it too also in the show notes so that everybody can see that. And I've got to say, I have more questions about storm chasing, but I know that if I start going down that territory, we'll be in three hours later. I'll just be (laughs) fascinated. But the one thing I do want to know is are storms different when you're chasing them in New York or Montana versus Texas, the weather patterns, and you get to know those and see them and they're different, right? That is a very insightful question. I don't get asked that a whole lot. In fact, that's probably the first time I've been asked that. Storms do behave differently, mainly with terrain influences. We were just in Colorado for a week and there were a couple of days where there were pop-up storms. And a couple of them were severe. And my aunt, you know, we're in her new truck, which pulls the RV. So she doesn't want it to get hail dinged. So she's like, let's go chase it, but keep me out of the hail. I said, okay, cool. <laughs> so we're headed up I-25 and the storm starts to develop. And of course, it's not behaving in a normal Texas fashion where it's moving from southwest to northeast, you know, on a pretty straight trajectory. It's wobbling all over the place. It's moving a little bit south, moving a little bit southwest. So of course, I'm trying to keep her out of the hail core. And the storm just expands. And I'm like, I don't know what's going on with the storm. And I kept telling her, I was like, I'm gonna try to keep you out of the hail, but this isn't behaving like a Texas storm. Mm -hmm. It's so different because we're up here in the mountains. So yes, it is absolutely different. And you have to be mindful of that. And you have to just be aware of your surroundings, your routes of egress, make sure there's plenty of road networks available to get away from the storm. There's so much involved. So that's a really good question. Have you ever gotten overtaken by a storm? Yes, a couple of times, not to the point where it's like tornadic and a tornado's on our heels or anything. It's a, oh, this road doesn't continue. We got to backtrack. And yes, we will get caught in it. In fact, that happened to us in Montana a couple of years ago. I did not think I was going to be able to make it off of this desolate dirt road. And it had been pouring rain. And I was in my Ford Explorer, which does not have four-wheel drive, but miraculously we made it through. So yes, it does put us behind when the roads don't pan out, like Google Maps says. Mm -hmm. But, Leah, if you have an app for maps or (laughs) roads, let me know. No, we still use Google Maps. (laughs) Yeah. I was going to say, Siri is no better than Google. Oh, yeah. No. Well, Chelsea is not known for having cars that don't have hail damage. Mm-mm. The people that follow her on Facebook will see she got a new SUV, the white Ford Explorer, I think a few years ago, and she had not had it very long. And she was live streaming as they were driving through this insane hail on the road. She wasn't driving. Adam was driving, I think. Someone else was driving. And she was live streaming and the hail was just pinging off her car. And everybody that knew she just got a car was commenting going, oh, my gosh, your car. <laughs> That's probably like a badge of honor for you to have one, you know, 
If you don't have hail dance, then I would imagine they'd look at you like... Are you even a storm chaser? Yes. That is so... Y'all nailed it because we feel the badge of honor. We feel like the worse the hail damage, the better. And it's <laughs> it's like when we're in another place and there's storm chasers around, it's like us letting the other chasers know that we're legit. Like, hey, yeah, we've done this a time or two, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I don't want to call it like an animalistic nature, but it's like, you know, I don't know. I'm trying to think of animals in nature that might... It's like the peacock with their feathers yeah. and you know the brighter the better and yes. the more hail the better so <laughs> it's a feather in your cap that. yes yes feather in your cap that's perfect that that's perfect. actually perfect yeah when chelsea's made a really fun transition between her storm chasing into using it in regular life and helping the community which i think is really cool so tell us what you do about that i decided in 2018 that i would try my hand at giving severe weather presentations my spouse did that for illinois storm chasers in illinois and it was such a huge hit so i thought there's nothing like that here in Texas, at least that I was aware of. And I did a quick search and really couldn't find much. So I just put together a quick presentation about the four topics of severe weather that we have most often here in Texas, which is lightning, tornadoes, hail, flooding, the do's and don'ts, some chase content from that. People like seeing that stuff in action and then just leaving room for questions and answers. And it took off. The biggest group I talked to are schools. Kids love it. Kids love the hail videos. The more distressed the better. <laughs> They're wild. That's hilarious. Yeah. She's now the resource. If, if we're debating whether storm's coming, everybody tags her in our mm-hmm. like Facebook groups that we're in. People say, Chelsea, is it really going to have a tornado here? Should I really get my bathtub? Is this the time or not? What do you think? And so if she's not too busy chasing, she'll answer. Sometimes she's out there and she can't answer you. But she's so funny. I've seen her help some of the people who moved here from California. You have to think about like you come from California. They have things that we're scared of, like earthquakes, but they yes. come here and they're like, what the heck with these tornado sirens and this hail is beating on my windows? Like, what do I do? And they're panicked, you know? And Mm -hmm. so she's given people, you know, some reassurance of of when when to take action, what to look for. So I think that's really cool. That's awesome. It's a fun way to turn your passion into something to help people. Exactly. Thank you. Well, and you know, we were talking earlier about your photography, taking pictures of the storm. That's got to be phenomenal to catch some of that. It really is. And it just helps memorialize really big events. You know, myself and chasers don't like to glorify these events because a lot of times on the other side of it is destruction and families are displaced and things happen. And we don't want to glorify any of that. But in the moment when there's a huge supercellular thunderstorm in the middle of nowhere in Montana, the only thing you can do is take photos and video of it and just capture that moment and just live through it for years to come. There are storm events I still talk about as if it just happened last week. I mean, there's not really something to describe, to use the word awesome for more than something Mm -hmm. like that. So it's a huge force of nature, you know, and, and to experience that firsthand, I can understand why you have to document it. Yes. Well, you know, we watch all of these science and nature shows growing up. And one of the things that they do is they show the storm coming in, like on the Serengeti or whatever. And you are actually in the middle of it and getting to take, even though you're worried about the weather and you're taking care of that, you get to live in the moment of exactly what you said, Mm -hmm. the storm, the fury, the sound and everything of it. And then the calm again. Yep, exactly. That's very cool. It really is. I'm a Disney fan, so I used to love it when Walt Disney would do all those nature films. I'd be like, oh, I love it. And then the prairie dogs are out there and it's raining on them. And then there's this horrible storm and then everything comes back to the... And the birds start singing again. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, that's super fun. You probably see that all the time. Mm-hmm. I do. So do you have a favorite storm that you've worked through? Yes. May 25th, 2016 was in a town called Chapman, Kansas. This 
storm blew up and I was with Adam and his film guy at the time for season of the storm. They were recording content for it. And this was my first opportunity for like a big daytime tornado. My first tornado was actually a nighttime tornado. So this storm in 2016 was one that I had high hopes for because just a few days leading up to that was a big outbreak of tornadoes in that same week. So I'm like, Mother Nature, save some for me when I can come up here. And sure enough, I witnessed an EF4 tornado that was on the ground for 90 minutes. Wow. Watched it from birth until end. So to witness the formation, to watch a storm cloud build and build and build until it's strong enough and mature enough to produce a tornado and also maintain that tornado for over an, an hour and just meander our way across these roads to keep up with it and film it and watch it was absolutely outstanding. And there was only minimal damage to the town. I think maybe 20 homes had some roofs that needed to be replaced, but no one was hurt and no one was injured or killed. So that is a storm that I can truly say that I just... And mind blown about and to this day and still like, can I go back and relive that? Because it was just so awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. You don't have to feel bad about enjoying the exactly. experience if you yeah. know that nothing bad happened, really. That's right. Well, and in Kansas, you think about that Wizard of Oz mm-hmm. moment where there was the storm, the tornado, all of that. And you sort of got to live that moment on your own. Exactly. I'm really glad nobody was hurt, though. That's got to be hard when you're in the middle of a storm and it has devastated so many people or even killed folks. Yes. Adam has been a part of some storm chases that ended abruptly because they are the first people to arrive into town after a storm passes. You know, we're there with the storm, so we're going to be passing through as soon as it's over. And once that happens, the chase is over. We go into a mode where we try to help people. And Adam has been in situations where he has pulled an elderly gentleman out of a basement in a wheelchair because they were stuck down there and they didn't have any help yet. So we're sometimes even before the EMS can get on the scene. So a lot of us are trained in first aid CPR and carry kits and such to help out in those types of events. You really are a cool, cool chick there, Chelsea. No, I'm serious. (laughs) This is amazing. Yeah, that's really cool. I didn't know that. I mean, it totally makes sense, but I Mm -hmm. love that you're you're helping people get ready for the storms, then you're helping people after the storms, and that's like a full service mission. There you go. Full circle. circle. Yeah. Yeah. (gasps) Ooh, now now we're vibing. Now we're vibing. I love this so much. Mm -hmm. It's great. If our listeners wanted to get into being a storm chaser, what would you recommend? I would recommend taking a course. It's free. It's offered once a year in person through the National Weather Service. They offer tons of free content online, but they also offer what's called a Skywarn Storm Spotter Training. It sounds very like, well, I'm not that obsessive. I'm not, I don't want to be a Skywarn Storm Spotter, but it's truly helpful for those who are new to the area. It helps you understand the local topography. It helps you get connected with local emergency services. And it just gets you more in tune, a finger on the pulse on just what to do when severe weather rolls through here. It can be from two hours to four hours, depending if you take both of the sessions or just one. The first one is basic. The second one is advanced. And it just helps you identify cloud types. It helps you look at the storm, helps you decide whether or not you're looking at a tornado or just a big, scary lowering that looks like a tornado. And it's completely free. It's open to all ages who are willing to sit through that content and absorb it. But they do that generally between January and March for Collin County. And it it used to be held at the Collin County Community 
or I'm sorry, now it's Colin College. And you can take it anytime online by just doing a quick Google search of Skywarn Storm Spotter training. That is one thing I would do because it's encompassing, it's wholesome. And then beyond that, just plugging yourself into a group that's local who also like to storm chase and find your tribe, find people who vibe with you on what you want to accomplish when storm chasing. You know, a lot of us just want to get out there for the pictures and video and go home. And a lot of us actually want to immerse ourselves even more by selling content to local news stations or, you know, truly exercising that emergency services side of things. So just find your tribe, find your people and have a good time with it. That is so awesome. (laughs) Chelsea. You're going to have to come back and talk to us again. Yes. I really think that this is one of, I have to admit, this is one of my favorite shows that we've Yay. done. This is, yeah. And the only thing that I want to put on is sort of a beware, folks. You don't just go chasing storms. Don't be that guy. Don't Do go not out try and, this at home. Yes. There are professionals that are doing this and they'll help you if you want to get into it. Mm-hmm. And actually, Adam has don't, sometimes organizes groups for storm chasing, right? <gasps> yes. So he is a tour guide for tornadic expeditions out of Sherman. So it is local to Texas. The guy's been running it for, I believe, 10 years or so. And each year they take blocks of time from April through July and people will travel from all over the world to the U.S. to see tornadoes. They pay big money to do this. Wow, that's awesome. So Adam helps as a tour guide. And so he's basically a person that people can bounce questions off of. He'll help drive. He'll help entertain. And when the moment comes when there's a tornado, he's there to help those people document it while they're in the moment. Moment, so yeah, I mean, how fun is that? I want to go on one. I do not want to go on one. <laughs> Why? Because I just want to sit at home and look at Chelsea's pictures from my phone from a little further away. Mm-hmm. But I think it is super cool that they're helping people who want to do it get to do it in a safe way. And exactly, and, and again, like just taking your passion and sharing it with people in a way that makes it accessible for others that may not be a pro but have always dreamed of doing it. I think that's super cool. I do appreciate that. And you know me coming from the news industry. Yes. Nothing was more riveting and exciting than somebody going, you want to come along in the van for this? And I have seen some incredible storms because actually NBC5 used to be up on Barnett Street in Fort Worth. And Uh it's over this big cliff. And you could actually see all the action coming in. And there is a very famous tornado that happened several years ago that ripped Fort Worth apart. And I will be honest with you, I was right there at Mm. Broadcast Hill is what it's called, watching. And then we were there whenever it came down 30. I can still see it in my head. It was crazy. And it wasn't at night. It was a tornado at night. So it was crazy wind. It was everything. The thing is that watching that tornado was riveting for me. I enjoyed the part of reporting the story and making sure people were safe. And I was the producer, so I got to help with that. I have always been that person, just like you, that I wanted to watch it. I'm fascinated by it. And Leah, you were mentioning earlier foodie stuff. Mm -hmm. So... Let's darken that doorstep. I know. Chelsea and I share a love of food for sure. We can Facebook back and forth about each other's meals all the time. What are you eating? Where did you go? What is that? She will sometimes post the big group and they like sit down and they're like starving. They find some local place to eat, you know, and I'm always super interested. Like, how'd you find that place? Was it good? Where did you go? So, yes, it's very interesting when you storm chase because you never know when where you'll end up. You're not sure when the chase is going to end. So 
first and foremost, I pack a cooler. Like, people laugh at me because I have this big ice chest in the back of my SUV full of snacks. They know they can come to my car and be like, she's got the goods. And that's I, only reasonable. It's reasonable and it saves everyone else because I get very hangry. There's like a small window of time for when I start to feel hungry until I'm full-blown hangry. So I carry all kinds of snacks, sandwiches, chips, drinks, you name it. Yeah, but, Justin always says if you wait to ask Leah where to eat till she's hungry, it's already uh, too late. It is. Yeah, you're past <laughs> the point yes. of no return. Hangry is here. Oh, yes. So I first and foremost pack a cooler with all kinds of snacks, but we like to try local places if we can. You know, if there's time and we're not too tired, we try to find a very local place to eat. Storm Chasers, you know, we're just like any other group. We talk, we advise where to go and where not to go. So we know places that aren't great. We know places that are good. So we just try to eat local. If it's a down day, we'll definitely do our research. For instance, we were in Lubbock for about two days earlier this year in between storm chases in New Mexico and then all the way up in Nebraska. So we decided to try out a little local cafe called the Red Zone Cafe. And it is a Lubbock favorite. Our followers, we will sometimes ask for recommendations and they'll say, oh, yeah, you got to go here. And a lot of people said the Red Zone Cafe and they were not wrong. It was an amazing place to eat. That's such a fun way to find it places. Is. When I used to do makeup and I traveled, we would we would all say, OK, ask every person whose makeup you do today where to eat dinner and then we'll like compile it. And it was so fun because sometimes you would find somewhere like that where all of us have talked to like 20 different people and there's five of us different girls and there would be this one restaurant that kept coming up over and over and you're like, well, obviously this is where we have to eat. It looks like exactly if you're going to make a movie about storm chasers, the places they're eating look like exactly where the storm chasers should eat. So you're living in the movie Twister. Pretty much. Just no flying cows. (laughs) So far. So far. Knock on wood. (laughs) Hollywood magic is what Hollywood magic is. is. It is. You know, but that does bring up a really good question. You know how they had the tornadic, it was like a machine that they stuck up in the tornado and it, it had all the little... The little guys that went around and around and kind of told what was going on with the storm. Is that real? That is definitely real. There have been research teams, grants awarded to universities to send teams out to do that kind of research. So that is definitely a thing. There is a storm chaser named Reed Timmer who was made known through the show on Discovery Channel called Storm Chasers back in the early 2000s. And he came up with the idea of probes that he would launch from his storm chase vehicle that he could anchor down into the ground. So there are all types of people coming up with those different types of devices to use in the name of research. So that's definitely a real component. That's awesome. Well, and I mean, it's like we should have like a storm moment, especially when we come up in storm season. Yeah, mm-hmm. that'd be kind of fun to that'd have be like super a, fun. a moment with Chelsea to tell us, you know, hey. <laughs> that was a cool storm. Yes, she could come back after one of the big storms. Come tell us about her adventure. Yeah, that'd be I'd really love that. great. We will, we're going to make it happen. Ladies, this is a wonderful, wonderful show. Thank you so much, Chelsea, for joining us. And Leah, as usual, great job. You always bring such great guests. I know lots of fun people. You do. And you're fun and wonderful yourself as well. Thank you. All right, y'all. So that's today's show. Thank you for joining us. And Leah is going to talk very soon about everything she's going to be doing travel-wise this fall. About to get really busy. It is. All right. We'll talk to you all later. Bye, Leah. Thanks, and happy adventuring. Thanks for being part of the Flip-Flop experience. Make sure to subscribe and follow on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at Flip-Flops and Adventures. 